Trevilian Next is a division of Trevilian, a financial services specialist search and talent advisory firm. Since inception, the Trevilian team has dedicated itself to enhancing the return on investment of a company's most important resource, its people. Hello, everyone. I'm Brian Love, head of banking and fintech at Trevilian. Happy to be with you today with a great guest, Charles Potts, the EVP and Chief Innovation Officer at ICBA and General Partner at Bank Tech Ventures. How's it going, Charles? Good, Brian, and uh, and good to see you. Good to talk to you, and uh, thank you for having me on this uh, podcast today. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. You're someone that I I uh, admire in the industry. I'm really excited to have you on, and I hope we have you on a few more times because when we're talking technology, things change so quickly. We might have to have you on next week just to talk about what happened in the past. Well, it does not sit still. <laughs> that is that is for sure. That's right. And uh, you're here. Uh, you're joining me from Atlanta, which is uh, almost as cold as Pennsylvania, where I am today. Um, yeah, we're we're having. Uh, if, if for those who know the the South. Uh, we can have a full four seasons in one day, um, and particularly in and around Atlanta, where where we're we're located, you, we could have you know twelve to fourteen seasons a year. So I think we're I think we finished our third fake summer, going into our second fake fall. And we're not real sure, you know, thirty degrees one day and seventy the next, and, um, and that's just that's just Atlanta. But uh, well, happy yeah, to be the... here and happy to uh, chat with you today. Yeah, and I'm happy I pinned you down because I know you've been on the road and there's been so much going on. Conference season was in full swing and hopefully you get a chance to hang tight. But I've titled today's webinar, How Tech Shapes Talent Strategy. And you and I had some discussions over the previous weeks. And I really want to focus on, on talent as we as we go through you know some of our questions here. Um, technology really is helping banks hire smarter. Um, you had told me that tech allows banks to expand efficiency of headcount, which is a great way to put it, since some, some people think technology might replace people. So can you elaborate on that, on that thought? Uh, look, I, I learned this years ago, both as a, as a banker and, um, and um, in my entrepreneurial days, um, oftentimes, mistakes are made um, by a lot of solution providers in talking about the elimination of people. And particularly in the community banking space, that's generally not the way banks think about growing their, their operations and growing their businesses. Uh, what we really should be focusing on, because again, in kind of the sales and solution side of this, we really only have three common levers. I can increase revenue, I can decrease expense, or I can make more efficient use of, of what I have. And banks are all about efficiencies. They're all about improving their operations. And when it comes to talent, what that really means is I want to find ways to make my existing talent more efficient and more effective. And I want to evolve my operations so that I can I can change the pace and cadence at which I add headcount. I'm going to add headcount at some point in time. I'm going to grow my bank. Um, and if I can find more 
efficient and effective technology solutions that that uh, stretch the use of my existing operation, exi my existing staff, then that's a that's a win for all of us. But it doesn't mean I'm going to look to eliminate bodies. I'm going to I'm going to change the way my organization you know uh, operates and i'm going to change the mix of talent that i have over time and that's really what you're starting to see manifest itself as more and more of this technology becomes more ubiquitous and and usable uh, within the community banks and um and it you know it starts um, it starts manifesting itself in, in you know, kind of key thoughtful areas like, um, you know, do I do I have talent and skill set to help me in the data analytics space? Right. Because I, I need to I need to better understand the data I have and am collecting uh, so I can look for those areas of improvement. I can look for those additional areas of revenue growth. I can look for those areas where I can reduce expenses. That is oftentimes a function of, do I have the right skill set to help me analyze and understand the data that informs the way my bank operates and runs? So I, I, I am, uh, I'm a, you know, big, big fan of the, you know, work hire smarter, work smarter, and and you know that's that's where uh, banks are no different than any other industry in in looking at how they uh, they they pursue uh, growth. Um, I, and to some part, you know, as I as I alluded to earlier, what that means is that next new hire may have an additional skill requirement. It may it may necessitate the evolution, and I'm just going to use this as a as an analogy. Um, you know, that next teller I add, I may want that person to have some additional skills or new skills that I may not have had in my teller operation in the past, and uh, and I think that is uh, that is a very um, important aspect of the way uh, banks are are looking at the solution providers and what um, you know what the organizational structure needs to look like in order to take uh, best advantage of these solutions the banks are, are putting in place sure no, I appreciate that Charles and you know as you we were talking I was thinking about my good friend Randy Covington at Effort a National Bank mm -hmm. which is up here in Pennsylvania and he was telling me about some simple bots that they you know, engaged that took the um, appraisal ordering on the commercial loan side and automated it. Right. And they were able to actually, you know, reassign that person to something else where they could be more helpful. So it was happening on its own, I believe. And we did an article actually many years ago now of Five Star Bank in New York and how they had automated some nuisance tasks within accounting right. that had freed up people to do a lot more work. So, for a simple well, let bank. me let me yeah. yeah let me let me um, expand upon that you know in, in 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 every industry where you have what I'll just categorize as business development or sales right mm -hmm. um, one of the big promises that has been achieved of a lot of the 
automation and a lot of the technology is that your sales process can handle more volume. Right? I, as a calling officer, can handle more prospects and more loans because the technology that now makes itself available to me allows me to operate more efficiently. So, you know, so uh, automating more of that uh, data analytics of my prospect, my pipeline, you know, uh, automating more of the kind of input output side, the proposals, the, the analysis, all of that means that in a, you know, given 24 hour time frame, I, as the business development person, can actually see more and do more because I'm leveraging the technology to its fullest to make sure that um, you know I, I can be as efficient as possible. And PPP was a great eye-opening example of this for, for banks of all sizes, right? We had a limited window of time through which we needed to get those loan applications processed and into, you know, the SBA's e-trans system. And the first, you know, kind of the first step that most banks who, who weren't SBA lenders beforehand took was just brute force manual labor. We just piled everybody into the offices that we could and gave everybody an e-trans sign-in and sat in front of a, of a computer and logged in and just pounded away trying to get that stuff done. While that was happening, a lot of people were looking at things like um, RPAs, robotic process automation, machine learning applications that they could then in concert, deploy to make that manual, intense, redundant labor more efficient by letting it programmatically do a lot of that data entry and data input. Those are natural places that banks recognize where they can start extrapolating more efficiencies and make each and every one of those quote-unquote loan officers that much more effective. Well, and Charles, this, I mean, it's a great point. And I know, you know, there's data that supports it, that the evolution of technology due to COVID was, you know, exponential in, in the last three years. And I love the correlation that you make between back office efficiency, making front lines more productive. Right. Um, that's, you know, that's really the name of the game. Um, everyone is kind of, you know, firing on all cylinders. I wanted you to maybe you you had talked about a couple of banks that excited you. Are there any examples of community banks embracing or even home growing their own technologies in unique ways? Yeah, um, I I have had um, uh, a number of banks involved in um, a lot of our different programs, whether it's our Think Tech Accelerator or um, through some of our solutions form or webinars. Um, and even our own uh, um, ICBA Independent Banker podcast, who we've highlighted as um, as really jumping on and 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 taking full advantage of them, and one that has um, has resonated really well is uh, Kim, Kim Kirk, the COO of Queensboro National Bank, um, just east of Atlanta, and Kim's bank is a classic example of. 
um, uh, really looking hard at everything from that build buyer partner perspective. Um, and they too were one that that took advantage of some of this RPA capability during PPP to really arm all of them, all of their employees with the capability to be more efficient and more effective. And coming out of that, and I may may butcher this anecdote, coming out of that was just little things like um, they 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 were they gave their loan officers um, a, a tablet and had a simple spreadsheet of all of the PPP loans that were allocated to them for which to be responsible. And one of their more seasoned loan officers, you know, said kind of after the, after the, uh, the, the fire died down of PPP, you know, sheepishly said, Hey, by the way, this is pretty cool. Can we use this for our other stuff that we're doing? Right. And it was one of those like, okay, we built something to solve a problem and realized it had broader applicability to be able to do simple things like pipeline management and distributed, distributing that to, to everybody in the organization. Um, and those were just, you know, by necessity, they, they figured out how to solve some problems and then leverage it um, to use it in a more broad um, application within their bank. You know, and then you have um, you have you know really great banks like Jake Tooley at Leader Bank, who who built you know their own solution to to do some very particular things to help grow their their bank, and it led to them uh, basically spinning it out into Z Suite Technologies. Um, so they spun they spun this company out of the bank. They built it inside and spun it out, and now Z Suite is um, you know is a pretty uh, pretty heady um, uh, market leader in the kind of escrow uh, deposit management um, arena uh, for both uh, uh, for really the commercial side of, of banking. And that's where by necessity, they saw an opportunity to build something to support their bank and then saw that it had greater marketability. And, and, uh, and we actually were very, um, very uh, blessed to to bring that company into our ThinkTech Accelerator as one of the cohort companies, and uh, and have enjoyed working with uh, Nathan and that team at Z Suite. But that was you know a bank led idea that had broader applicability to to banks of all sizes around the country. Yeah, that's that's amazing, and two great examples. And as you're talking about that, I'm thinking, you know, Keith Daly, my colleague here at Trevelyan, yep. yep. he and I, I think we both, we both always seem to ask the same question. We've been asking it for, since we've been at Trevelyan, where is innovation kind of born in a bank? And I'm thinking about Kim and I'm thinking about Jake, the two people you mentioned. And then I want to kind of, you know, link this to talent because, um, you know, I, their succession planning, we were talking before this you know, is really about protecting the future growth, the future talent, the future vision of the bank. And, you know, a Kim and a Jake, if it's just them at their banks that are excited by innovation and then they leave, you know, who carries the torch? So I just kind of curious how succession planning and innovation go yeah. together. I don't think a bank does it properly unless it is um, it, unless it is tight at the hip 
um, this proper succession planning should really all, all be about strategic direction, the trajectory of the organization, and not, um, as you and I have talked before, not just about the people. It, it should be about all things strategic, whether it's people or the product roadmap or new lines of business, how you are creating the succession of where the bank's going and who's in charge, who's driving the proverbial bus, um, those all involve innovation as a, as a kind of natural part of the DNA of the organization. It's not something you stick over in a department and point to somebody and say, oh, they own innovation. It has to be intertwined into the culture. It has to be intertwined into, into the very DNA of the way the bank thinks about where they are today and where they're going into the future. And so hand in glove with that, is is all things about succession. What's this solution going to be succeeded by? What's this evolution of product and service going to be succeeded by? What are these people, who are these people going to be succeeded by? And how are all of these going to be tied into the what we're doing and why we're doing th that answers the primary questions you should be asking during your strategic planning process? And, and also, the cooler uh, your story is, the better you may be able to attract younger talent, which obviously embraces innovation in a whole new way than the older generations do. Uh, I'm generalizing. I'm sure there's well, some. Well, but... you know, and 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 it's it's funny as I look. I'm 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 a I'm a uh, you know I'm tail end of the baby boomer, so I'm I'm probably a dinosaur in the minds of a, of, of a lot of people out there. I'm not um, far behind you, by the way. <laughs> well, and, 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 and the, the reason I point that out is I think it's important that we start moving away from talking about innovation as, as this thing. Um, we often try to make the distinction that innovation isn't just about technology. Um, it really is about a mindset and a culture and um, and when you talk about the customer of the future, you also have to remember the employee of the future. And they don't think of innovation as this kind of separate activity. It's just part of the natural way they think and behave. And um, And the more we embrace the idea of looking at things through the lens of process improvement. Because I think ultimately, if you take, you know, why, why do you want to be innovative? Why are you innovative? Why are people, organizations innovative? It's ultimately because they just want to make things better, more efficient, more effective. Um, and that is kind of from a you know kind of classical engineering perspective, you know, classic process improvement. So when you when you as a bank are thinking about your your total strategic plan, where succession planning is part of that, where your uh, where your strategic initiatives are going, and you think about the people who you're going to have to. Um, have in your bank to help manifest all of this, we have to recognize that they walk in 
asking the question almost in real time, how do I do this easier? Why is there friction? Why are there barriers? Why are there obstacles? And those questions lead to just embracing a natural sense of curiosity, uh, which is really at the underpinnings of all kind of innovative cultures. Very well put. Very, very well put. And it's uh, you're right. Innovation in, in younger generations is just part of everyday living. Um, so that's that's a great a great way to put it, Charles. Um, well, and let and let me and let me share this out because I I use this often, and I think this is a you know kind of a good segue in this conversation. Um, sure. You know, people, the the one of my favorite definitions of innovation comes from Tom Freston, one of the co-founders of MTV, and he said innovation is some sometimes as simple as taking two things that exist and putting them together in a new and different way. Hmm. Yeah. Music, television, yeah. music, television, right? And, um, and, and what that, you know, what that ultimately should create in, in the mindset of a lot of people and, and hopefully people listening to this is, can I look around my bank and see what I'm doing today and combine, consolidate, reorganize practices and solutions and operations in a new and different way and create a better outcome. Yeah. Also very, very well put. Um, yeah. Music player and phone. Exactly. MTV, not so much, but this, the iPhone. <laughs> well, you know, it, it had such promise initially, and then we had to go have road rules and all those other goofies. <laughs> My gosh, there was. <laughs> oh, it was so much simpler but, then. But but um, but but you know, so so you know, let's take kind of the neo banks. What did they do? They took existing card products and put it together with a mobile experience. Things that existed, put it together, and now you got a bank in your phone, and you're walking around doing your yeah. banking, right? Well, a segue from that. Um, uh, I actually went and saw my my family. We went and saw the Back to the Future musical. That movie yeah, was back yeah. in the MTV days. Um, and uh, Dave Yankowski took his family to see the Back to the Future musical. And I remember in Back to the Future 2, there were flying cars and it was 2016. Okay, now it's 2023. Yeah, what Where, where's my flying car, Brian? Yeah, Come we're not even close. I think there's some beta <laughs> versions of them out there, but they're never going to be approved for decades to come. Um, so let's go, you know, full Carmack here. Hopefully Autumn Herring, my producer, can put the thing <laughs> on my head, on her head and put crystal balls in front of us. What will banks be hiring for in the future? So look, the future is here and now. And, um, and at the top of the list is all things data. Um, as I said earlier, you know, the, the underpinnings really of a lot of this evolution and uh, uh, that banks are, are experiencing is, um, is data, is driven around data. You know, the, we, we are blessed with an amazing amount of data uh, that exists in, in banks and in the banking system, but having people who can uh, look at it through a different lens, um, tie that view and analysis to the strategic direction the bank is pursuing and find um, and find that path, find that roadmap 
from which we're going to extract elements of that data and undertake um, some new decisions and some new activities it is key to, to everything that we see happening now and in the future in banking. So uh, data, data analysts, you know, kind of classic quants out there. We're seeing more and more bankers of all shapes and sizes um, embrace kind of that new um, skill set around uh, data analytics. And, and that becomes um, foundational into how banks are going to be using all of these other things coming at them like artificial intelligence tools, right? Uh, you know, the, the, the um, fuel, the food by which um, AI exists is the data, the information it has available um, to analyze. You know, and this is a this is kind of a classic um, programmer engineers um, acronym, GIGO, right? Garbage in, garbage out. Um, you know, the 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 best AI solutions in the world um, are are going to be uh, a byproduct of having good data, good data sets by which to perform the functions they're designed to perform. And so uh, I, I think um, I think I know because we're seeing it in the university systems, some of the some of the universities that have banking programs, fintech programs, um, both in the undergraduate and the graduate level um, are expanding the, the data analytics side of those curricula um, and bankers, um, again, like like Kim Kirk at, at Queensborough are hiring you know, people with, uh, with data analytics skills um, to help them. Um, and that also, you know, goes to, um, um, to, to bear on um, all the other things that we've been talking about. How do I look at improving what I'm doing in the back office? How do I look at improving the efficiency of any one employee like a calling officer? How do I make my teller line more efficient? It starts with data. It starts with what are we doing? How are we doing it? Why are we doing it? And let's dig into data and let's find the the trends and underpinnings and the key elements that are going to help us solve these challenges and opportunities going forward. Another great response. Data, you're right. I mean, banks have thousands and thousands of lines of data on every customer. And we've seen an uptick in CFO search and the CFO position is changing because again, financial data, um, you know, being, you know, looking at tomorrow rather than, you know, you know, the past, but here's a bonus question. I was thinking of this as you were, as you were responding, the path to the CEO has almost always been a, a lender, a chief lending officer, or maybe a chief operating officer into the CEO seat. Is it possible that a chief technology officer or a chief data officer or a chief operations officer might be that next path to the CEO. Oh, it's highly likely, and and I won't I won't name some names, but there are there are definitely um, trends happening there, and, and lots of bankers you and I both know yep. who who you know frankly I love them to death, but they're quants, man. I mean, they are <laughs> they are deep deep into the data. You know, a lot of them come out of 
um, uh, the kind of analytics world. They may have been the CFO, but they may have been, you know, really kind of focused on on risk analysis or the investment side. Um, and all of that is heavy data orientation. And uh, and I, and I just think the the better the better somebody sitting in a C suite um, is at at not just analyzing the data, but um, but consciously and proactively searching for ways to acquire and and analyze data um, that governs and drives many aspects of their bank, I think the more successful they're going to be. And, and and look, I'm not discounting a lot of the great um, chief lending officers and, and CFOs and, and people and COOs who run banks um, because intrinsically and intuitively, they've all been good at understanding data and trends relative to their to their respective roles and, and background. What they're now challenged by is just volume um, and speed and uh, and precision. And that's where better data, better data analytics tools, better um, better strategy, going back to the way we started this conversation, is going to allow all of them to operate more efficiently and more effectively. Yeah. And I, I agree. I think um, leaders are going to come from very unique places over the next few decades. Well, Charles, we're out of time. Um, and I really, really appreciate you uh, being with, uh, with with me here on Trillion Next today. I can't wait to get you back on here and we can do some more prognosticating. But yeah. you're, you're, you're full of amazing insight um, and, and uh, really appreciate what you're doing for our industry. Well, Brian, I appreciate uh, you giving me this opportunity. Appreciate uh, what Trevelyan's doing as well, um, and I, I, you know, I'm happy to to help um, and and love spending time uh, talking you with you about these things. And and you're right. Uh, by the time we talk again next time, who knows between now and then how many different twists and turns um, this uh, this stuff is going to take. Um, um, so it's good to stay on top of it. And uh, again, I appreciate you guys being there with us as well. Yeah, maybe by then I'll take my flying car to Atlanta and come visit, all right? <laughs> yeah, come visit. Come on down. All right. Thanks, Charles. All right. Appreciate it.